My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers! Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. We're back. We're back. It is fall. It's spooky month. It's October! Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. And today, this where when we're recording right now, the weather yeah. is spooky. It's so spooky. It's so fall. It was very drizzly and dark this morning, Yay. and that leads into my stitch. Oh, what's got you in <laughs> stitches, Angela? This is we have a true crime happening on the the farm again. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let me give you the timeline. Okay. So it, this all starts last night when we were putting the chickens to bed because we let them free range around our farm. Yes. And. It's not been a problem, but now we're All running sudden, into a problem. Yeah, I think there's there's probably wild animals that are hungry. <sighs> I think so. Aww. I think they figured out how to get on the farm. So we, you know, let our chickens run around. And when we were putting them to bed last night, we couldn't find one of our leghorns. We have nine leghorns mm -hmm. and we had eight. Explain what a leghorn is A leghorn again. is, you know, foghorn leghorn. Yep. Yeah, that's a leghorn. So they're white with red combs. I just want to make sure everybody knows. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and they lay white eggs. Yes. Okay. And um, they're wonderful, wonderful chickens. We love our leghorns. They were the first animals that we bought when we moved to the farm. And you guys remember last year we had a hawk that got into the coop right. and, and got oh, one of them. So then yeah. we were down to nine. Mm -hmm. We had nine mm -hmm. this whole time and we couldn't find one when we were putting them to bed last night. And we looked for an hour all around the farm, couldn't find it. My youngest was in tears. She was so upset. We couldn't find Aww. it. And we're like, well, you know, we'll keep a lookout. Maybe, you know, it was still before sunset. So maybe it'll show up. And it never did. So this morning I went out uh, at, I usually go out around 640, 645 mm -hmm. to feed the alpaca. So I went out to, you know, get their hay going and get the morning going. Everything was fine. Everything was quiet on the farm. All the chickens were in their coop. I didn't see the the leghorn that was missing so i'm like okay maybe she's she's gone gone i don't know and so but you know i went about and did my chores and i came back in and then the kids go out um usually around 7:15 and let the chickens out okay and feed them and water them and count them and make sure everybody's good so they go out around 7:15ish 7:20 and uh, let the chickens out and counted them everything was fine all the chickens were there except for the one that never came home. And we were like, okay, every, you know, everything's fine on the farm. We mm -hmm. come inside, we have breakfast. Uh, I had to drop my oldest off somewhere this morning. And then I had to run a couple errands. And then, so when I went to, uh, we left around 7.50 this morning mm -hmm. and everything was quiet on the farm. Everything was good. As far as I could tell, I didn't hear any ruckus or anything going on. Ruckus. And while we were out, I got a phone call from my husband. He had to go into work today. So he was leaving for work and he's like, there was a bunch of chickens and it was about 8.15. He's like, there's a bunch of chickens um, that are 
at the front fence. I don't know what's going on, but you know, that might be how one, the one that got, we lost. And he's like, that might be, she may have jumped the fence and ran away. And I was like, okay, well, we're almost home. So I'll check on the chickens when we get home. Uh So we get home. It's about eight 30 when we get home. And, um, so this is the timeline, right? Okay. <laughs> so we get home and, you know, I'm, we're putting stuff away and my kids go out to check the, the coops and check on the chickens because, you know, my husband was like, there was a ruckus. Let's see, you know. So um, my youngest is always my youngest that no! finds the chickens. It's like always that. her. And she gets so upset. But she went to, we have two coops. We, what we call the big girl coop. And then the beep beep coop. Beep beep. <laughs> so she went to the big girl coop, which is the older coop. And she's like, Mom! And I'm like, uh oh. And so I go to the coop, and there are two chickens that their bodies were still warm to the touch. Oh, no. Right? Um, but their n- necks were definitely snapped. Oh. It looked like something may have bit them like around the shoulder area. Right. Try to probably shake it. Um, and then I also found a head. Ah! <laughs> so, you know, three, three, uh, bodies. And so you should, did you do a chalk outline? I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gathered all the evidence. Yes. So, you know, then, you know, we took care of the bodies and then we decided to do a chicken count and we're counting up all the chickens. We started yesterday with 30 chickens. Mm-hmm. Last night we had 29. Today we have 23. No. So we have, I, I found three in the coop. So we have what three bodies that are unaccounted for four because the one from missing from the night before i'm sorry yeah something's getting them that's not cool we found some scat that doesn't look like chicken poop around the coop and so so they snuck into the coop they snuck in because these bodies were inside the coop that's crazy so did you look around yeah we looked around we didn't see anything Everything was quiet. Uh, we spent like another hour or so walking around the farm, counting all the chickens, see, like, looking for more chickens. Any like torn areas that they I didn't, got into the I didn't the see coop? any blood anywhere. I didn't see, I mean, there were feathers, nothing torn in the coop. The coop was open because we leave it oh, open. Oh, okay. So they got in from they the open door. They got in after yeah. we okay. opened it this morning. Got it. And um, so they went in through the open door and... So well, chicken do taste good. I'm sorry. Yeah. So now we're down seven. No. We went from 30 to 23. So uh, it was a tragic day. We're going to set up some trail cams and see if we can figure out what's uh, going on and what's sneaking around the coop. It's got to be the pack of coyotes. I think it's a coyote just because it looks like one of the one of the bodies looked like it was snapped right or, or I mean the head was snapped but it looked like it was a bite kind of around yeah. the shoulder you know yeah and the bodies were intact um except for the head that I found but man yeah and then you know then there's don't four waste that are the chickens for. if you're gonna come and eat it yeah you, don't just kill don't them and just leave kill them, them. <laughs> that's just mean yeah they must have gotten scared off or something 
I'm one. I'm thinking that maybe it was because we came home, or it was. Right. It could have been my husband leaving. Yeah. Because that's when he saw the chickens kind of panicking. Because I'm gonna say wild animals don't just kill for fun, you know. Yeah, they kill because they're hungry. Yeah. So they must have gotten scared off and yeah, and not, timing. Yeah, Man. and maybe they were gonna come back for the two that I left, but or that they left, but yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. The alpacas are fine. I was going to say. Nothing was over there. They're, I mean, we they're have more big, intimidating. So We have a big herd now. Yeah. Um, so they can scare off a, a, a couple of coyotes. Um, but still, it's man, like, I'm man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Poor it was, chickies. Um, so, yeah. Tragedy on the farm. Man. It goes with the ominous mood that we have going on. Seriously. But, it was yeah. a full moon the other day. Oh, was night. it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So... Man, yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. So what's got you in stitches, Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> Let's lighten the mood a little bit. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're excited because if you've been listening to us, we purchased 5K runs for the Disneyland run in January, which is exciting. And we um, got the theme, which is just... It's, I Old think it's Disney. classic Disney. Yeah, classic Disney. Yeah. So we we actually, we've been like looking at things and like the tickets, you know, and Disneyland is not cheap, guys. It's... No, I remember when I was, well, I mean, this was college in right. the 90s. I remember <laughs> buying tickets and, you know, they were like a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Or like you could, that anymore. You could, <laughs> what, what my, what my husband and I used to do was we would, it was so sketch, but people would sell tickets on like Craigslist. Right. And oh yeah. And you yeah. can do that. Yeah. And we bought them for like 70 bucks. You not can't even. do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. They've cracked they, down on yeah, it. Yeah. They cracked down on that. They, it has to be your name. Yes. You have to have the app. You have to have a reservation. It's pretty crazy now, but we found undercovertourist.com, which Angela knew about it. Right. Yeah. I knew about it, but I'd forgotten about it because we yeah. usually we have a, a Disney our family uses um, my sister's friend let me start over <laughs> my older sister Heather hey Heather she has a friend from when they were in medical school together and as a side gig because she's she works in the ER <laughs> but as a side gig she does Disney tourism and so we use her as our travel guide so nice. I always Jill hi Jill hi Jill so I you know use Jill and I that we book all of our stuff through her yeah. and she's really great at being a Disney travel yeah. agent. Yeah. Yeah. But we, you know, we had to get a hotel on the other, you know, not through Disney cause it's expensive. Oh, and I, I, heard, <laughs> yeah. I heard they just released the villas in Disneyland. Did you hear about this? Oh no. So maybe that's why it's getting crazy too. I don't um, know. It's a new resort. Oh wow. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's expensive. It was going to be, we, you know, for like Disneyland, which is, about two hours away from where we live ish yes. yeah. on a bad day. On a bad day. Um, it was going to turn into like a five thousand dollar <laughs> <laughs> weekend. And we're like, no. Uh, no, thank you. We, we don't <laughs> we have that much do money. That. Pass. <laughs> so we've got a hotel through hotels.com that's so much cheaper. Um, undercover tourist, we've got tickets now, which Yay! is awesome. They have insane discounts yes. on the tickets. They saved us a couple hundred dollars. Yes. On the tickets. I a couldn't piece, believe. Yeah. A piece. a piece. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, And yeah. So we're just trying to do this on a discount and have a good mom weekend there. So we got them. So we're excited. And then we're talking about a run theme. <laughs> Yay. So because we're spooky and ominous, we think we're going to do the Haunted Mansion theme. Yay. So, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I love 
love it. So I love it. We'll get either a t-shirt or dress or something. Etsy has so much stuff. Little run dress. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Those are cute. Fun. The run dresses are yeah. cute. I want to be a little bit better in shape if I'm going to wear one of those run dresses. <laughs> That's what I was saying. T-shirt maybe for me. <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But because we're going to have, we're going to the park right after too. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be at the parks all day. Ooh, so yeah. yeah. We, we're going to do two days at the park we're gonna do california adventure uh-huh. on the, the day before the run when, when we check into the expo check into the expo then we're gonna go hit the park and then we're going to go to disneyland right after the run <laughs> and we were looking at each other and we're like really are we gonna do this and we're like who are we kidding we're not really running no <laughs> <laughs> no i will i'll jog lightly for the like the first part and we'll we're jog, like, yeah, we're done <laughs> yeah we'll jog from photo op to photo yeah, op yeah. <laughs> that will be it where it's like boring we're like we'll jog a little yeah, bit yeah this is boring let's yeah. get to the scenic stuff yeah, yeah yeah so it'll be so much fun i'm excited this is and and this is us sans kids so yes i know we're doing disney without <laughs> kids which you is guys i haven't so done fun. this in like a decade or more yeah. so it's so good yeah i think the last time i did disney without kids was I, I went there for my bachelorette party. Oh, <laughs> I went to Disneyland. Fun. Yeah. And I have ears. I'm sure you've seen my youngest wear these ears because she loves them. But okay. I, I got the whole bridal yes. ears and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're white, sparkly with a veil. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> have them. But and we did plan on that. But we ended up at Universal because it was cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but they still got those ears for me. Yay. I was like, OK, cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so we're excited. Yay. We'll have so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. We're getting things booked. We know the theme. Yes. It's like really yes it's and so it feels exciting. like and time will go fast so it's yes. just around oh the my gosh but the anyway fall just melts away seriously it's so fast i don't like that yeah because it's birthday time for us yeah like my my youngest um is first her birthday is in august and then my son is in september <laughs> when this releases my birthday <laughs> is the next day <laughs> oh yes <laughs> i was gonna say happy birthday yay so i'm october i'm an october baby yep. october 7th and then let's see, my husband is November. Gosh, that's also everybody's. Our, that's yeah. also our anniversary. Oh my gosh. Is November. And then my oldest is December. So we're starting in August. We have a birthday every month until the end of the year. I would be so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know, it's fun. It just makes the end of the year just, it really makes fun. fall so much more fun. Yes, I can I see love that. It. Yeah. Yay. Well, Yay. exciting. Well, our episode this week is not that exciting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, hey, Angela, we should do some more true crime. And then I started doing my research. Uh, and I'm like. I'm kind of dreading this because she, <laughs> we are doing two episodes of this topic. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my gosh. There's going to be a lot of me saying, oh, my gosh, yes. I'm sure. And a lot of me just going, oh, yep. and making all kinds of crazy noises. It's pretty so, rough. Oh, my goodness. But so for true crime junkies, you're going to love this. Oh, speaking of true crime. Yes. OK. So have you watched the show on uh, a based on a true story? No, it's you on, told oh, me yeah, about this. Peacock. Yeah, Did you, I tell the podcast about this? No, you okay, texted I told me you and I said, it. I have no idea what this is. So based on a true crime, it's on Peacock. Okay. And it's it's funny. So it's Kaylee Cuoco and um, uh, I forget what the main guy's name is. Oh, but maybe you did talk about all this. kinds of stuff. Did I talk about it on You could have, but remind us. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. Kaylee. You mentioned Kaylee. Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. Yeah. And she's all pregnant. And she's cute. Okay. I love her. I love her. But she's, she's very cute. I've loved her since Charmed. So Aww. yeah, yeah, she's cute. Anyway, so 
she's all uh, pregnant on this and she plays um, a real estate agent. Her husband plays uh, an ex tennis pro. He hurt his knee. So he's kind of, he wants to stay in his glory days. But anyway, that's all kind of background story. They're running out of money. They're broke and they're looking for ways to kind of keep their house going. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a serial killer in their area this is all in the los angeles area nice okay so there's a serial killer and she's like a true crime podcast junkie okay (laughs) she loves right right (laughs) true crime podcast junkie so she's all obsessed with that and then um they find the serial killer and so just through I'm not going to tell you how no don't don't ruin it it's it happened like it, it gets revealed pretty quickly in the show who the who the serial killer is and how they find him and they decide to work with him to do a podcast about what he does so it's from the serial killer talking about you kidding me so they didn't turn him in he's like doing the podcast he's doing the podcast oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so they team up with him to make this podcast that's they're amazing like, they're like no one has ever done a podcast from with, yeah the perspective with the yeah for, with the perspective of the serial oh killer. oh my gosh so, I like it well, it's problematic, oh, obviously, yeah. but yeah. And so it's a, it's a really interesting. I like it. That's yeah. a good premise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's fun. I had it on one day while I was cleaning and, you know, so I was watching it here and there, but like it would grab my attention and be like, Ooh, what's happening now? And then I'd be like, Oh no, I have to go do. Yeah. <laughs> I always like to have something on in the background when I'm Me cleaning. Too. I can't quiet houses. Like oh, I, I love it for about on. five seconds. Yeah. So once everyone's like at work or at school or out of the house and and I have the house to myself mm-hmm. I'm like ah for about five seconds and I'm like oh it's way too quiet <laughs> you're so used <laughs> to need, the chaos I need stuff on I love it so it's either my phone is playing YouTube and I'm carrying it around or I have you know TVs on or sometimes I have Fleetwood Mac playing <laughs> on my um, Amazon Alexa I don't want to say her name because she's going to be like what <laughs> what do you need what do you need well, awesome but yeah we'll have to check it out yeah yay yay based on a true story Ooh, or is that what? What, I, what did I call it I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's on Peacock everybody it's on Peacock <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco well you got some stitching to do I do me? have some stitching to do and so this has nothing to do with our topic but it's um I'm really excited to share this with you. So yeah? should we get stitching? Yes. Let's get stitching. Okay, stitchers. So for this week's stitch, I'm really, really excited because the stitch isn't that unique or that interesting I don't even know what it's called random <laughs> stitches so I I saw it on a YouTube tutorial and I was like oh that's a cool stitch and I was like I bet that would look really good with this yarn yeah and so the yarn that I'm using guys is yarn from the alpaca that I made so I'm using my spun yarn that's so cool and the fun thing about this spun yarn is because this is like my first you know few attempts at spinning so it's quite uneven you have thick spots and thinner spots and this is also just single spun I I didn't ply it um what's plying mean plying means that I would take two strands of yarn and twist them in the opposite direction so you get double ply yeah a thicker yarn got it and it's stronger and 
the standard for alpaca yarn is double ply, but because this yarn isn't that thin, some spots of it are very thin, but most of it is, you know, kind of on the thicker end. And I don't have a thing called a lazy Kate. Do you know what a lazy Kate is? Hi Kate. I don't Hi, think Kate. you're lazy. <laughs> but no, I don't know. No, like, is it a lazy, lazy Susan? Well, kind of it's the same idea. So it does spin. So you, you put your spindles on um, the lazy Kate and it allows you to pull the yarn without it coming unraveled or getting unorganized. Cool. So you would drop your spindles on the lazy Kate and then put them through the spinning wheel and and spin them in the opposite direction. So you can have two, three, four strands, however many you're twisting. That's so cool. At once. But it keeps the spindles in one place. It keeps the yarn from being all over the place. And it keeps your tension set. Right on. So I don't have a lazy Kate. So Dang I it. haven't practiced uh, doing double ply. So this is all just single ply yarn. It reminds me of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, you can you can buy single ply yarn. I have some rainbow single ply yarn that I used when I made my daughter's dragon purse. Oh, yes, because it was thinner. Yeah, it was got really, really it. Thin, got it, got it, got right? it, right? Yes. So, um, and then it also had moments of thickness to it and then moments of being thin. And I was like, whoa, this yarn is uneven. But uneven yarn is gorgeous. It adds so much interest to what you're doing. And you can use a very simple stitch and it makes the it makes it really interesting. Yeah, it's more texture. It's more texture. So the texture is the yarn itself, not the stitch. So the stitch that I'm doing, I'm making, well, <laughs> I was going to make a scarf, but then I made it too wide. So watch your gauge. I I <laughs> I chained like 50 or 56 or something. You need 25. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I made it like twice as wide. You're like, I'm going to make it more. Yeah. So I was like, this chain looks too small. That's okay. No, the chain is fine. So okay. this is like a nice wide thing. So it might, I might turn it into a sweater scarf, like what I made you last fall. Yay. So it might turn into that if I have enough of this alpaca yarn. Okay. But so the stitch that I'm doing, it's basically a decrease stitch so it's a single crochet decrease but you are going back into the stitch that you just finished so that's why it isn't an official decrease so I'm grabbing my hook so I can show Nicole I haven't shown Nicole the stitch like no. live in a long time I'm but excited. this is a really simple stitch okay so basically when you do the double or the single crochet together you're going to go into the first um, stitch mm -hmm. underneath you pull up a loop go into the next stitch pull up a loop you have three loops on your hook and then you're going to yarn over and pull through all three right that's a decrease we know right that. yeah so to finish this stitch what makes this stitch different than a decrease is that I'm not going into the next stitch but I'm going back into the last stitch that I was just in oh and then I'm going to pull up a loop go into the next stitch, pull up a loop, three loops on my hook, yarn over, pull through all three, three. So that's what makes it different because I'm that's not really so decreasing. Cool. I'm just going back into that same yeah, stitch. Yeah. And so you're going to do that all the way down. When you get to the last stitch, you do do a single crochet in that stitch before you chain one and turn. Nice. And that's the difference. 
That's so cool. Yeah. And then I it just keeps it the cool stitches pattern. straight. Right. It makes such a cool pattern. It, it, it has it like all these like really kind of. Yeah. You have these really cool little knots. It makes like a really nice little mm-hmm. space. It's yeah. very airy, but it really shows off the different degrees. And I'm doing a very loose stitch. Yeah. So this yarn is quite thin, but I am using a five and a half millimeter hook. So I'm using a big hook to make the stitches really loose to show off the yarn and I show off it. how thick and thin the yarn gets <laughs> because it is very variegated. So anyway, it's just a how really easy. simple stitch. I yeah. love that. So, so it's is, a basically a decrease, but coming back into the same stitch. Yeah. Going back into the same stitch and see how cool that looks. Yes. You guys will have, we'll take pictures. You'll have to see how cool this looks yeah. with my alpaca yarn that I spun myself. I love it. But yeah. And yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit wide for a scarf, but that's okay. <laughs> it's very wide that's for a okay. scarf. But you know, if I do make it long enough, it can be a sweater scarf. I was going to say, you could do that. I so like that. we'll see. Okay. Um, I think it would be cool as a sweater scarf. You should do it. Okay. We'll see if I have enough alpaca. I'm going to whip mine out sometime soon once it's colder. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I can't it. wait to see it. Yeah. I definitely want to make one for me, so <laughs> <laughs> this may be it. There you go, yeah. and it's your own alpaca. My own yarn. alpaca yarn. I Yay. love it. So that's it for stitch time. Cool, cool, cool. Yay! Are we ready to? No, get... but let's do this. <laughs> it's story time. It's story time. Obviously, warning, this is listener discretion is very much advised. Do not have little children around for the next two episodes if you don't want to scar them for life. Okay, I promise. Don't don't do it. I don't want to be around for the next two episodes. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be scarred for life. Ah. Yes, I, I. Yeah, this is pretty rough, but I love it, too. At the same time, it's <laughs> like, like morbid curiosity, right? Yeah. Okay. Cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or anthropophagy. I'm going to say I'm so bad with words. Hashtag words. Anthropophagy. Yeah. So this dates back to as early as prehistoric times. Wow. Yeah. In that context, cannibalism seemed to be more of a survival instinct. For example, there were 100,000 year old bones of six Neanderthals found in a cave in France. And it was concluded that they had been broken by other Neanderthals in such a way as to extract marrow and brains. Oh, wow. What? They needed that sustenance and they thought the brains had the most meat. Oh, no. Crazy. I I don't know if you're going to go into this, but like I thought that if you ate brains, it affects your own brain and it makes you go crazy. No, no idea. Has anybody heard this theory before? No, but you know, we watched a couple movies. (laughs) So I don't know. I have no idea if you guys know. Cool. Let us know. Yeah. You can email us at the ominous stitch at gmail.com. Let us know today. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. You're perfect about that. Anyway. Okay. So then we have examples of ritual cannibalism when human bones and skulls were found in Guff's cave in Somerset, England, dating back to about 15,000 years ago. So we know that there were tons of sacrifices in the Mayan culture, Aztec, you know, all over but 15,000 years ago this is when it started yeah but those are like sacrifices they aren't eating them though yeah. no maybe yeah no we think they're eating them oh 
Oh no. Yeah. Well, I've heard you know this again. I feel like I'm doing spoilers, but I mean, the this topic is just so bizarre and so grotesque and you hear things from time to time and I'm like, are those true or is it just to freak you out and make you just No, it's true. be gross. But <laughs> you know, the whole like eating the heart out of mm. your enemy that was a thing. Yes, there were uh, yeah, there were a lot of wars that I read about that um I didn't go into it in this episode, but yes, there's a list on Wikipedia that lists every Wikipedia. cannibalistic um, event in history that they could find. And a lot of them were wars where they would eat the enemy's parts or something just to be like, cool, you know, like, mm. yeah, I've got you. I'm going to eat you now. Okay. Random weird question, but kind okay. of goes with this topic. Sure. <laughs> Have you heard of women eating their placenta after yes. they give birth? Are you we talking about that? Is that going? No. Is that cannibalism? <laughs> that is not cannibalism. No, because my topic today, I'm talking about, and I'm going to talk a little bit more, but my our topics to this today, this week, and next week are murders that um, perform cannibalistic things. That tie into the movies that we've watched. Sort or, of, yes. Okay. Yeah. But All yeah, right. so it's it's more murders, not eating things because they want to try human things because that is very alive <laughs> yeah. in a lot of cultures um placentas yeah that's a totally different thing that's just or survival like the the andes that's what i'm gonna talk, talk about, about okay. a little bit but yeah okay I won't, i'll stop now I'll let you, <laughs> do your thing girl. i know do you're your very thing. curious I'm, yeah no it's crazy uh no so during the first mithridatic warn about 89 to 85 bce Okay. Oh my God. Athenians had to resort to cannibalism because they had no access to other sustenance. So again, this is survival modes. Yeah. And we have the infamous Donner Party that were stuck in the Sierra Nevada mountains in 1846 to 1847. Mm -hmm. Although not only did they eat those who succumbed to starvation, sickness, or extreme cold, they did kill two Native American guides for their meals. Mm -hmm. But again, they were just so ravenous they needed food. Right. Now, what's fascinating is in the 16th and 17th centuries, specifically in France, there were many cases involving the accusations of werewolves, where children were found missing, murdered, and eaten. We had two Frenchmen in 15, uh, 1521 named Pierre Burgot and Michael Verdun, who were accused of lycanthropy. Lycanthropy? Which Lycan is yeah, yeah. Werewolf. Werewolf. After killing and eating six children while transformed into wolves after making a pact with a witch coven. Oh, no. In 1598, Nicholas de Mont, which likely is a more of a legend, but he supposedly burned at the stake for murdering and eating 50 children <gasps> in Chalon and Champagne. And oh, 1603, man. Jean Grenier claimed he himself was an actual werewolf and similar to Nicholas, murdered and ate over 50 children from the town of St. Severe. Gross. Just don't eat children. <laughs> don't eat people. <laughs> don't eat. Don't eat it. Don't children. eat people. Don't yeah. eat. Oh, and since man. Grenier was so young, uh, he was sentenced to confinement for life due to his young age. So this... This guy was oh, young. Oh, 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 <laughs> conspiracy alert, conspiracy alert. <laughs> okay. Jazz hands. 
isn't that like a conspiracy like a famous conspiracy that's still going on in the u.s that like all the people in power eat children to stay young or to stay like in power or whatever isn't that a thing at some part yes Am, am i right do you guys know have you heard this like conspiracy theory oh it's so well, there are crazy. a lot and of lizard people and you know whatever <laughs> there are a lot of people missing daily so that is scary to think but. oh my chickens too yeah. <laughs> but chickens are good oh chicken is good i'm probably making chicken for dinner tonight <laughs> <laughs> homage i feel like chicken tonight like chicken tonight not humans no <laughs> <laughs> okay but within the 21st century there were almost 50 cases of murder with cannibalistic intentions or acts. Why? And some are not just one or two people. There are some where there are over 30 victims. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry for that sound, but it's crazy, oh, right? Oh my gosh. So today's episode, like I said, I'm going to discuss a few murderers you already know maybe, and some you may not. It's just a few today, because then next week it's going to be even worse. It's a doozy. (laughs) Listener discretion advised. Heads up. Um, And I'm going in chronological order. That's why I'm doing this. It's because I'm, you know, I need some kind of order. Order. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so organized, right? (laughs) So today is three. It's going to go in an order. Next week, it's two. So the first one we're going to go to is Levi Boone Helm. Levi Boone. Ooh, we have a picture. Oh, yes. Of Mr. Levi. He's known as an American mountain man, Old West gunfighter, and serial killer. Ah! Levi Boone Helm, who went by Boone, was born in Lincoln County, Kentucky, to a hardworking, respected family. This was about the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, he was known to have some crazy Wild West skills. Like when he was young, he would throw a Bowie knife into the ground and then retrieve it from a horse at full gallop. It's like a movie. Like, oh, <laughs> and you just pick it up. Trick. That was like his thing. He was very, you know, cool about that. But then in 1851, Helm married 17 year old Lucinda Francis Browning in Missouri, where his family moved when he was a kid. But dude was a serious alcoholic because I think a lot of them mm-hmm. at the time were right. Yeah. And people found out he would ride his horse into the house and beat his wife. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, don't do that. The domestic violence grew to the point where Lucinda wanted a divorce. Well, yeah. Good girl. The first time he hits you, get out of yeah, there. You're, you're out. So Helm's father actually helped pay for the costs, which ended up bankrupting him. And since Boone basically ruined his family's name, he figured he should hop on the bandwagon and head west to search for gold. So he's like, oh, "Oh, I'm sorry for ruining your name. Let me go get something. (laughs) Okay, but he didn't want to go alone. So he invited his cousin, Littleberry Shoot. Isn't that Little a fun berry? name? Littleberry Shoot. Littleberry Shoot. Littleberry Shoot. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's like the best thing in this podcast today. <laughs> Littleberry Shoot. Littleberry Shoot. Um, he invited him, his cousin again. He said, sure. But then he grew hesitant and backed out, which triggered Helm to stab him in the chest and murder him. Oh, my gosh. He probably grew hesitant because he's like, oh, my cousin's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to go anywhere are. with yeah. him. <laughs> 
And then he wound up dying anyway. He killed him. Oh, poor little Barry. Poor little Barry. Okay, my next animal is going to be named Little Barry. Oh, just cute. Because that's cute. Homage, yeah. Little Barry. Little Barry. Now, Little Barry's family and friends caught up with Boone and threw him into a mental asylum. Good. Right? He is crazy. He's insane. But here, he gained the trust of a guard to take walks in the woods, and sure enough, he escaped. <laughs> Oh, he escaped. I was like, he murdered the guard. <laughs> he could have, but no, he was like, and it, his face. it was, you know, like a daily walk in the woods. And then he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to peace out of here. Well, yeah. Yeah. Don't trust insane people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he's gone. Now he kept traveling West to California and apparently murdered a few more men along the way. I'm sure he did. Yep, during various altercations. He decided to join a group of six men to keep away from the law. And to those six men, he confided he had eaten part of all or all of his murder victims. Oh, man. Blech. He was. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reaction to this whole thing. Now, he was quoted stating, many's the poor devil I've killed at one time or another. And the time has been that I've been obliged to feed on some of them. Oh, this man. He is crazy. That uh, uh, no, 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 no. Thank you. After some other crazy shenanigans, he finally reached San Francisco, where he befriended a rancher that had taken him in. But soon after, Helm murdered him as well. Of course, of course. I guess the ranch didn't last very long because he then worked his way north to Oregon, where he made thievery his occupation and often murdered his victims. Mm -hmm. In 1862, he had been drinking heavily in a saloon and gunned down unarmed Dutch Fred. He once again was on the run and decided to murder and eat another fugitive that had been accompanying him. Uh, that okay so he had somebody that was with him and he's like i don't want you anymore and yeah. so i'm just gonna kill you i'm gonna and kill you and eat you oh man <laughs> helm was captured by authorities but then one of his 12 siblings named old tex bribed all the witnesses so that helm would have to be released why 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 no, sibling life are, i don't know no Let's there say are, your sister was put in jail. Would you? Would you? There get are out? too many people. No, if if, she, if <laughs> I love my sisters very much, but if any of you eat somebody and kill somebody, I'm sorry, I'm not helping you out of jail. Maybe Old Tex didn't know he was eating everybody, but he knew he was killing people. <laughs> he knew his brother. That's true. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. Why are so many people helping this dude? I don't know. This is insane. That's kind of the the, the theme to a lot of this. Oh my um, gosh. Now Helm maintained his murderous rampage again when he was released. Of course he did because he, he is a serial killer and yep. he literally has a taste for killing. Yep. And eating literally. People. <laughs> he was caught again though in Montana while teamed up with notorious Henry Plummer and his gang. They were all arrested and tried in secret and ended up being hanged on January 14th, 1864 in front of a crowd of 6,000 people. Good. Finally, I would watch justice. him hang. Yeah. <sighs> like you, like all those people that you ate. Uh, don't eat. Okay. Don't kill, but don't eat people. I, I don't understand. Oh, uh, 
Okay. I mean, I'm like thinking the first time that my oldest daughter realized that chicken was chicken and it was alive and it wasn't just like some little patty that I put on her plate. (laughs) That was prepared for you already. Right. So the first time she realized that chicken was alive and it was an animal and she had the hardest time trying to take a bite of that chicken. Yeah. No. It was hilarious and sad all at the same time. But I'm like, if you're eating a person, like, how do you not feel that? in your own body like because you're mm, not this finger tastes yummy no it's your <laughs> you have fingers no you're hardwired to not be human at that point I feel like you just yeah he's not he well he can't be he, I mean no. he obviously has no empathy no, no. oh no emo- his no brain is not hardwired right it's oh. got a lot of things that are off so it's so crazy okay you want to go on to the next case uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So this one's a little more infamous, um, especially in the Midwest. But we're going to go on to Alfred Packer. Have you heard of him? I don't think so. But he looks he has dead eyes. His eyes are dead. There's nothing behind that gaze. Yeah, this is this is oh, crazy. He looks so creepy. This is a crazy case. OK, um, I like this one because it's not just all out serial <laughs> murders. Killer. Uh-huh. Like like the last guy. How yes. many how many guy how many people did Helms kill? I don't know. It didn't give me a tally. But like a gajillion. A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> At least over a dozen. Yeah, that we know of. Yeah, I'm right. sure there were more. It could have been more. All right. Okay, moving on to Oh yeah, so I have to shout out Wikipedia. A lot of this the, a lot of these cannibalistic murder uh, cases have a lot of details on Wikipedia. I looked, I do a lot of research. I go through all websites, but man, this was insane. Wikipedia. Yeah, get it. What is going on? Yeah, you have this thank like, you. sick fascination, man. <laughs> it's, and it's way more detailed. I was like, how do people like kids have access to Wikipedia yeah. and can see all this? I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. So uh, heads up. Look, they could like accidentally, they could be wanting to <laughs> research cannabis <laughs> and they write cannibals. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Totally different. Totally. Okay. <sighs> Alfred Griner Packer was born near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on January 21st, 1842. They moved to Indiana later, and after a rocky relationship with his folks, he ended up in Minnesota to be a shoemaker. My he- kids say Minnesota. They call it Tiny Pepsi. That's right. Mini- <laughs> Minnesota. 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 Here he ended up enlisting in the Union Army during the Civil War. He ended up being honorably discharged due to seizures because he had epilepsy. He tried again to enlist, but again discharged because of that problem. Yeah. Yeah. He traveled west and over the course of nine years had his hands at many other jobs, such as hunter, wagon teamster, ranch hand, and field worker, but his seizures proved very problematic and he couldn't hold a job long. He also tried his hand at being a guide and mining related jobs, but was known to get lost or didn't do well. Oh, man. People didn't like him due to his argumentative personality, nearly pathological lying and reputation as a thief. So here's what I'm going to say about Packer as opposed to the previous Helms guy that we talked about. Okay. So at least he's trying. Yes. Right? He he's, wants to make something of himself. Yeah. He's, he's trying to do something with his life and be good. And then he just has a disability that makes it really hard. But then 
that uh, that in that time frame there wasn't really much no. help at all no that he not could at all get for that so. but i think it did make him a surly man i'm sure it did because yeah. so he can't he's, you know he, he's always fighting to, right. to get anywhere yeah so i have some empathy for packer at this point okay because <laughs> i don't know anything more about him obviously i know what he's about about to do right but like I can see where how he became he has some backstory that makes yes. sense. Otherwise, Whereas Helms has no he was just an asshole yes, from the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> he just wanted to kill people. Yeah. yeah. He was there was not cool. His brain was not wired right. Exactly. And people kept helping him, which yes. is insane. That doesn't make sense, right? But this man, he seems like he had he some things going. Like yeah. he was trying. So that gives I, I don't Aww. know so this you feel is gonna, a little bit for him I feel a little bit for him which is worrying me because I know <laughs> I'm gonna hate him well in a few you're minutes. gonna I think there's gonna be some ups and downs with so, Packer yeah okay. so I think you're okay right now. okay okay now he ended up in Colorado where a group of men who didn't know each other beforehand it was like a random group big group wanted to find gold in the San Juan mountains they bumped into Packer and he asked to join them they knew he had no money or was not adequately supplied. And so they were apprehensive until he said he was, in fact, a prospector and guide and claimed to know the San Juan territory really well. So it would be dumb not to take him. Liar, liar, pants on fire. There you go. The group was new to the area and they could use a guide, but they should have recognized Packer as a complete liar because he didn't know anything mm -hmm. about the area. Later on, during his first trial, which I'll explain why he was there, but you know, theme is true cannibal story, so I'm sure you can guess where this is all going. <laughs> yeah. It was reported that he either vastly overstated his experience of being a seasoned guy or just completely lied altogether. He was also reported as being greedy with rations, a bit of a beggar, lazy and obstinate. He would fight with the party member Frank Miller, constantly characterized as a quote-unquote whining fraud, and his frequent seizures caused a lot of strife amongst the group. So back to the gold search party. Okay. It was in the middle of winter. Which That's perfect time to red go Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> so the trek to the San Juan Mountains was really strenuous as the wagons and horses were being bogged down. Trails were lost in the snow, so the group had to rely on a compass. That's it. Oh, man. <laughs> and Packer didn't help, obviously. So the party ultimately ended up completely lost. They went through their provisions quickly and relied on horse feed and almost their horses until they happened upon the encampment of Chief Ore. He was gracious enough to let them stay with them until winter through winter and highly encouraged them to do so since he knew the mountains were treacherous at that time. So they, what a nice chief. Yes. Poor man, because I know something bad and tragic is going to happen to him. No. No. Nope. Okay. All he's, right. He's okay. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll give you that. He's okay. nothing's going to happen to chief Warrior. They did take him up on his offer, but soon some of the men were getting really antsy about that gold that others may claim in the time they were holed no, up. No, you dumbasses. It's winter. You can't go. Don't gold you do mining it. in the winter. Stupid. You're so dumb. Yep. They decided half of the men should stay with their wagons and horses until spring with Chief Ore. The other half would continue on. And since they were stubborn, Chief Ore ended up giving them food for the journey as well as safe directions that bypassed the mountains. 
However, (laughs) Packer thought going straight through the mountains would be a more direct route. So five men ended up leaving with Chief Ore's route going the other way. Uh Another five followed Packer, who insisted he knew the area well. Oh, no. The other group ended up almost starving to death due to running out of their provisions and encountering freezing, freezing temps. But luckily... They found the government cattle camp that helped them get through the winter. So they're like, yeah, we can't get through. We'll stop here. Thankfully, they found a camp. Okay. Okay. That was so the other group. That was the group that chose the safe path. They got to a live. Yes. And they got to a camp. And then they were okay. Because yes. they were being, well, they were dumb for They're trying, dumb, but at least but they at followed least they, a better yeah. route. Yeah. Uh, February 9th, Packer and the other five left for this Los Pinos Indian agency that was the closest outpost, which had to go straight through the mountains and then to Breckenridge, which meant a 75 mile trek. Oh my gosh. In the winter in the the mountains of Colorado. (laughs) Yes. Oh, this is so dumb. Exactly. Dumb ways to to die. die. (laughs) Totally. Now, and what's crazy is they barely had enough food to cover the supposed 14 days. No snowshoes, barely any matches. They no. thought they were going to do this in 14 days? Yep. Oh, dumb. Yep. Nope. There's, there's <laughs> not a brain cell among those men. They're greedy. They were like gold. Gold was on gold. their mind. Yep. No flint. Oh, and, no. And no heavy clothing what the f? how are they going to survive without heavy clothing without flint how are they going to make fire it's winter there's snow everything's going to be wet yep you need the flint to like to spark that fire that's so dumb yep <laughs> I, I i don't understand these people nicole nope, they nope. don't make any sense to me they were not thinking this through clearly obviously yeah, yeah. Like, I gotta get that gold. (laughs) Okay, so after this, details of what actually happened are still not 100% clear, but here is what was pieced together. April 16th, 1874, two months later. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Packer stumbles across a frozen lake bed to come across the Los Pinos Indian Agency near uh, Saguache, Colorado. There were men of the agency sitting down in the mess hall eating breakfast when Packer flings the door open and begs for food and shelter. In his possession was a rifle, knife, steel coffee pot, and satchel. Worried about his condition, the men hurried him in, and after eating food, so quickly it all came back because he was starving and it just like, he threw it all back up. But he did keep down several shots of whiskey. Oh, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. hey. <laughs> Which soon after he relayed all the information about his journey and that he became snowblind and lagged behind the party, which was a burden for the group. After they gave him a rifle, they abandoned him. He survived in the winter wilderness on roots and rosebuds. Mm-hmm. Mm. The men listening to this tale thought it was odd because for being lost alone in the frozen mountains, he did not look malnourished or starved. In fact, the reports were that his face was practically bloated and overall physique not skeletal. He mm-hmm. stayed at the agency for 10 days, sold his rifle because he was broke and said he wanted to head home to Pennsylvania. 
He's not from Pennsylvania. Oh, he was originally, remember? Oh, okay. Pittsburgh. He oh, grew up oh, in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He then traveled to Saguache and roomed in Dolan's Saloon, where the owner claimed he spent over $100, which today is equivalent to $2,693. He even offered to lend Larry Dolan $300. He then spent $78 in Automir's general store. There were claims he carried several different wallets with him. Mm-hmm. And as a heavy drinker, he would drink and tell contra- contradictory stories of his journey and how he was separated by his group. Mm-hmm. So gossip spread, especially since no one from the original party had returned yet. Until... Preston Nutter, a g- member of the original party who stayed at Ore's camp, arrived in Saguache with two other members. When Nutter found Packer at Dolan's saloon and asked where everyone else was, Packer's story changed. He said, oh, the group set up camp when a winter storm fell upon them. Packer started a fire and remained there with a rifle left by a member in case of trouble or if they never returned. And that's exactly what happened. They never returned. Yeah, because they're in his stomach. (laughs) He he presumed they abandoned him. Again, he relayed he lived off rosebuds and the occasional squirrel, but also thought he looked pretty well fed for someone who was on the brink of starvation and that five miners would not just abandon their guide that he claimed to know so well, right? Like he knew everything. Why would they abandon him? And he also noticed in Packer's possession was Frank Miller's skinning knife. When he asked Packer about it, he claimed that Miller stuck it in a tree then walked off without it. Nope. Uh, He stuck it in Miller's (laughs) face. I don't know. Nutter thought Uh, Packer's story was completely sus, because it was. So after a few heated words were exchanged, Nutter threatened to hang Packer, but nothing came about it. Soon after the party that had went the other way arrived at the Los Pinos Indian Agency. They relayed Packer's story to them and immediately thought it was absurd as they knew the, the group and they knew they would never have abandoned a man to die. Mm-hmm. So Oliver D. Lautzenheiser, one of the party who always had suspicions of, Park, of Packer, told General Charles Adams, head of the agency, to dispatch a mounted agency officer to pick up Packer but to tell him that it was a recruitment to search for the missing men. And what convinced General Adams was the fact that Packer was carrying things that belonged to other people in the party besides that rifle. Right. So they're like, yep. okay, let's let's go get him. While Packer was gathering his stuff to leave town, uh-huh. he was approached by Nutter and some other men, and the agency arri- officer arrived just in time to interrupt their quarrel. So it was like they were all, you know, that Wild West. Right. Front, yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, they he came out. He said he had to come with them to be the guide for the search party looking for the remaining men in his original group. He reluctantly agreed since the other option would be vigilante justice set forth by Nutter because Nutter was going to kill him there. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, sure. sure. We'll go look for them. <laughs> Before he followed the officer back to the agency, Nutter apparently had a private chat with the officer. Now, upon his arrival to the agency, the officer he rode with quickly told General Adams what Nutter told him, that he spent over several hundred dollars during his six-week stay in Saguache, 
He even bought a new horse and saddle and possessed items that belonged to several different missing men. Why would he stay? I don't know. He didn't know where else to go, maybe? Yeah, I, that's a good I, question. That just seems... You, I I mean, okay, we know that that intelligence does not factor in in these people because they're like, let's go get gold in yeah. the middle of winter in Colorado <laughs> in the mountains. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, I don't know why he stayed so long. But yeah, so he was carrying all that stuff. But Packer was penniless when they first met him. So how did he get all that money? Yeah. yeah. Hmm, I wonder. Hmm. Packer unloaded the same story he gave the first time and showed genuine concern for the other missing men. So after questioning about where Packer received the money he used to spend in town, he claimed he received a cash loan from a guy in Saguache. <laughs> and General Adams said he would send an officer to town to verify his story. And Packer agreed with slight hesitation. Mm-hmm. Well, that officer left and returned and told the general and others that Packer was seen with multiple wallets and told different stories about his journey and found no one who lent him money. Mm-hmm. Gee, Adams then decided to. <laughs> it's all coming together. All, yep. Adams then decided to convene a council of five miners himself Packer and the agency officers to sort what to do with Packer. But as they started, two Ute tribesmen interrupted the group holding strips of dried human flesh. What is a Ute? A, a Ute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's a Native American it. tribe, but I, I had to do that. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, okay. You're funny. Yeah. So they came holding strips of dried human flesh Um, and they referred to it as white man's meat and they had found (gasps) this on a hill near the agency while hunting Uh, gross at this packer reportedly fainted and crumpled to the floor (laughs) he's like oh no i've been caught he's like oh (laughs) now after being revived packer begged for mercy and swore to make a full confession but was mute for a while finally (laughs) he cryptically told adams it would not be the first time that people had been obliged to eat each other when they were hungry and proceeded to tell a story. Well, the first of many. Oh no, this guy, man, Nicole. It's crazy, right? This is a crazy one. Now Packer mentioned they ran out of food soon and started eating roots, pine gum, rosebuds, and occasional rabbit. But being winter, wildlife was scarce. He felt everyone started eyeing each other in an unsettling way. Mm-hmm. After a few days of this, Packer claimed he left their camp to gather dry firewood, and upon his return, he found four men around the slain body of Israel Swan, who was struck in the head with a hatchet and killed instantly Uh Uh uh-huh the four men began to butcher swan and ate the more agreeable parts of him packed some up and moved on and packer got to have swan's rifle two days later they were out of meat and they decided in secret that miller would be the next to go because he had quote-unquote more flesh Uh he was then struck on the head with a hatchet butchered and consumed Packer took Miller's knife and Miller's share of Swan's money was redistributed among the four men. One by one, each of the men were chosen for sustenance and it had come down to Bell and Packer. They swore they wouldn't eat each other and would tell anyone else that the four others perished from the elements. 
The two trekked on and found a lake to, uh, uh, to camp nearby. At this point, they were back to starvation mode, and Packer claimed that Bell jumped out of his blanket and screamed that he couldn't take it anymore and told Packer that one of them was going to die for food. Bell then charged at him with a hatchet. Packer deflected and struck Bell in the head with the hatchet. He proceeded to then butcher Bell and ate as much as he could of him for the last leg of the journey and even packed a bunch of him away. He also took Swan's remaining money from Bell and carried on. Once he spotted the Los Pinos Indian Agency, he threw the remaining strips of Bell's flesh away, thinking wild animals would get to it. Lastly, Packer confessed he had grown quite fond of human flesh and found the portion around the breasts to be especially delicious. Gross! Gross! Ew, 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 ew. Just ew! (laughs) And... I call all of that BS. <laughs> Good. He totally killed each and every one of them. He was not like the oh, innocent one. That, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> they all killed each other and not me. No, you would have been the first one to die because nobody trusted him. And he was totally suspicious the yep. whole entire time. That's a load of crap. Load Everyone crap. can see through that. Oh, totally. He's a horrible liar. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there, there was obvious outrage amongst the makeshift council we distributed the money evenly yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry i know i'm cursing but like no no. it's good general adams conferred with them to determine the next course of action they decided to put together a search party to find the other men's remains and the five utah men did not believe one single thing just like you about packer's story about everybody well yeah nobody would believe that story no 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 it's absurd the uh the ute tribesmen were then consulted about the lake packer described and they said it was roughly 50 miles away so the search party which consisted of the five miners from utah and others left and packer led the way (laughs) i know they put him in charge no idea maybe they just wanted to keep an eye on him but still like why would he do it right yeah no no when they reached the area of the lake fork of the gunnison river two weeks later packer claimed he was lost (laughs) well duh well duh well duh yeah (laughs) don't trust him anymore why i don't understand people no oh my gosh now lautzenheiser if you recall he was one of the utah five called packer a liar and murderer and wanted him hung at that spot they couldn't find any trace of a camp so the group headed back to the agency but then strangely packer attempted to murder herman louder with a large large knife he concealed so herman was one of the the utah five uh-huh he was caught and arrested and if general adams was on the fence until then that act definitely pushed him into the direction of danger he is not cool they Mm-mm. transported him to saguache and he was jailed outside of the town because they didn't want him inside yeah Here, Packer changed his story again and claimed a big blizzard hit the group and they became lost. They ran out of everything and attempted to roast and eat their shoes. The group made a pact that if one of them died, their meat would save the others from starvation. B.S. Packer. They pressed on and after setting up camp next to a lake, Swan died from a combination of hunger and exposure. Here is what he signed in his first confession (laughs) yeah old man swan died first and was eaten by the other five persons about 10 days out of camp 
Four or five days afterwards, Humphreys died and was also eaten. He had about $133. I found the pocketbook and took the money. Sometime afterwards, while I was carrying wood, the butcher was killed, as the other two told me accidentally, and he was also eaten. Bell shot California, that's his nickname, with Swan's gun, and I killed Bell. Shot him. I covered up the remains and took a large piece along, then traveled 14 days into the agency. Bell wanted to kill me with his rifle, struck a tree, and broke his gun. So in this new version, the group. So had, the gun that he brought back to camp was broken. The gun that he sold. I think so. Well, I think sure. there's. A, I think there was two rifles. I'm oh, okay. Guess. Um, yeah, there was two rifles. So in this new version, the group had endured twenty days away from Oray's camp and more than ten without any substantial food. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the following August. Illustrator John A. Randolph discovered all five of the missing bodies. Oh, yay! At well, the not foot, yay, but... no, at the foot of Slumgullion Pass. It matched the description of where Packer first claimed that only Bell had been killed. The snow had melted to reveal the bodies and campsite. Lucky Randolph happened upon the scene because he was able to sketch everything, then alerted the oh, authorities. Oh, that's right, because he's an artist. Are you going to show me his sketch? <gasps> oh, Nicole, why are you showing me this? <laughs> <laughs> because I can. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm going to explain it to everybody. And I will also post it because this is pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> and this guy was a really good artist. Yeah. Yeah. So the complete story was covered in Harper's Weekly on October 17th, 1874 with Randolph's illustration. The local coroner, law enforcement, and roughly 20 volunteers made a trek to the gruesome site, and the men's bodies were in various states of decomposition. Even after elements and animals had been at the bodies, the first responders believed the men had been met with extreme violence. Yeah. This is from Wikipedia directly. Frank Miller's head was missing entirely from the campsite. Uh, His and Israel Swan's corpses had been considerably worked upon by scavengers and were little more than scattered bones. Israel's skull had a jagged chunk missing out of it, and it was presumed that Miller's head had been carried away by an animal. The bodies of George Noon and James Humphrey were largely flayed torsos of rotting viscera, attached to skeletal legs, but with intact and bearded faces, with Humphrey's face being slightly more decayed than Noon's. They had received blows to the head, the shape indicating perhaps a hatchet, and their bodies had noticeable broken bones. Shannon Bell lay with largely skeletal legs splayed and arms to his sides that were crudely cut to their bones, leading to hands that were still fully skinned gross Ah. his remaining corpse was a putrid mass of viscera encased in an almost wholly flayed torso which led to an almost still living face complete with a thick red beard and bushy hair dude the lack Yeah. yeah the lack of noticeable decay in his face suggested that he had been the last to die 
The top of Bell's skull had been ripped open and his brains were lying on the ground beneath him. The three men whose bodies were still intact or partly intact had flesh and muscle excised from choice and meaty locations. (laughs) No attempt had been made to consume bone marrow or any organs at all. Oh, just the steaks. (laughs) (laughs) And the way they found the men's bodies had completely contradicted Packer's versions of events. Of course, because Packer is a big fat liar. (laughs) Super duper liar. Because they were all together, not scattered across miles. There was evidence that suggested the deaths had occurred before supplies were totally exhausted. Oh, gross. The theory was they found a makeshift shelter, so Packer holed up in there for months and would grab meat from the men's bodies when needed. They also found a rifle broken in two near the bodies, indicating it was used to bludgeon one or more of them. (laughs) When the search party returned to confront Packer in his makeshift jail, he was missing. Um, No! (laughs) No! Now, apparently because no formal charges were made on him, the taxpayer dollars were going to, quote-unquote, waste for Packer to be under constant supervision. supervision. So they kind of gave him some stuff, and they kind of let him escape. (gasps) Yeah, so they were like, no, there's nothing. We don't think there's anything. Why is this a theme? Isn't it crazy? These murderers just... Go. Yep. Why is this a thing? It's a big theme in this whole. Uh. So March 11th, 1883, Packer was found living under the alias of John Schwartz, one of the original members of the Utah Mining Party who had stayed behind at Chief Ore's camp that winter. After he was caught, Packer's story then changed to that Bell had killed the others after Bell had told him to go look for a way out of the mountains and to find food. So here's what he told General Adams. Oh, my God. Constant lies. I found the redheaded man, Bell, who acted crazy in the morning, sitting near the fire, roasting a piece of meat, which he had cut out of the leg of the German butcher, Miller. The latter's body was lying the furthest off from the fire down the stream. His skull was crushed in with the hatchet. The other three were lying near the fire. They were cut in the forehead with the hatchet. Some had two or three cuts. I came within a rod of the fire when the man saw me. He got up with his hatchet towards me when I shot him sideways through the belly. He fell on his face. The hatchet fell forwards. I grabbed it and I hit him on the top of the head. Uh Uh-huh. I'm sure that's exactly how it happened. Exactly. Packer then created his makeshift shelter, and because he was starving, he grabbed a piece of meat near the fire, cooked and ate it, and had to live in the shelter for 60 days. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. Prose- yeah, sure. Prosecution believed that the only reason Packer would have made such a perilous trek into the wilderness in the middle of winter was to either kill and rob the group, right? Yeah. The defense would claim he lied about his experience to make some money, and Packer denied he murdered the group to eat them. Packer pled not guilty, and after seven days of testimonies and examinations, he was found guilty of premeditated murder of Israel Swan and was sentenced to death by hanging. Good. Prosecution proved Swan's remains showed signs of a struggle, whereas the other men appeared to be murdered in their sleep. Oh, man. Now, what's crazy is Packer's lawyers found a clause that the murder statutes on the books of 1874 were repealed and replaced with a savings clause. They spared him for being tried for murder on a technicality. What? (laughs) Yeah. 
because they they couldn't they couldn't sentence him to death because that was gone. So uh. a second trial was held, and on June eighth, eighteen eighty six, Packer was convicted of five counts of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to forty years in prison. Oh, so gosh. now what's even crazier? Uh huh. Packer went on to file five different appeals from prison, but was denied left and right. He sent letters to newspapers that he was unjustly convicted. But then an old acquaintance named Dwayne Hatch petitioned for his release for 10 years. Dwayne? Until reporter Polly Pry got word of this and used his service in the army to portray him as a common man of the people who got caught in a regrettable situation and had to do what he did to survive. This actually worked. (laughs) And local businesses began to petition for his release. No, no. No, See, I told no, you at the no, beginning. No, no, no. Remember at the beginning? There you no, go. I hate these for so many stupid reasons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, not they're not stupid no. reasons, but I can't. Oh, my can't believe gosh. It, right? So Colorado, Colorado, <laughs> Colorado, Colorado. I, I mixed it with governor. That's why Colorado governor Charles Thomas ended up letting him go on parole in oh, 1901. My gosh. People. Alfred Packer worked as a guard at the Denver Post, then a ranch hand, and died April 23rd, 1907 from a stroke. It's widely rumored he became a vegetarian before his death and supposedly was well-liked by children. No, I hate that so much. But today he is known as the Colorado Cannibal. And today in the Hinsdale County Museum, you can see the collection of Alfred Packer memorabilia, including a victim skull fragment. Oh, they kept it. There are signs and a trail to the massacre site, which I believe is now closed. That's so morbid, people. Come on. Do not celebrate this. POS, this is like, uh, uh. But you had empathy for him, didn't you, at the beginning? Stop it, because you're... (laughs) (laughs) I told you this had some ups and downs. You're so mean. You're so mean. (laughs) She loves to do this. She loves to get me to, like, feel for somebody. And then she's like, no, they're evil. You did this with John List, too. I remember that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy, though? Uh, uh, Why do people help these... People, I don't know. They they have overly empathy. I have no idea. He totally ate those people. He totally murdered them. Yeah, of course he did. He's such a liar. None of none of what he said is true. I no. mean, uh, the the scene told the story. Like yep. you could see everything. Like yep. once once everything thawed and you could see what happened. Like the whole story was there. He wasn't even out of provisions no. when he decided to start exactly. eating people. And he even said he got a taste for humans. Yeah, I was like oh, it's so he's. Ugh. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I, <laughs> so many noises, so, so many emotions. Many. <laughs> I got one more, which I had to throw in here oh, because goodness. it's pretty morbid. Oh, gosh. Okay. We've got Abud and Kajawa, and this is in 1917. Okay. This is them. Uh-huh. Okay. So since, like I said, I want to go in chronological order, I'm going to end today's episode story or story time with married couple Abud and Kajawa and pick up on some more wild stories next episode. Now, there's not much history on these two. We know they were living in Mosul, the Ottoman Empire at the time, but today it's known as Iraq. Some sources claim they were Christians and Abud was a cook, the, the, the husband, and Kojawa was a tour guide. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in the mid-1910s, an inflation of the lira's price caused Mosul to struggle, and they faced a devastating famine. Violent crime erupted, and residents were left to eating stray animals. Abud and Kajawa did just that and was found catching and dismembering stray cats and dogs to eat. Aww. Yep. But then... Around 1917, their elderly female neighbor paid the couple a visit. Pushed to their limits, they ended up strangling her to death and cannibalized her remains. Oh my gosh. Because she was older, the meat was too tough and it had a lot of fat. So that night, the couple felt really ill and vomited throughout the whole evening. Yeah, and they ate a person. Like, just... Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. But... You're going to love this. Like, so we need to go get some children. <gasps> no, did they go? Oh. You totally called it. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> the next day, Kajawa suggested they target children because <laughs> they probably <laughs> tasted better. Abud agreed, and they began to plot how to kidnap their new meals without being caught or seen. Oh, yeah. Did I mention they had a young son? They didn't eat him. So what they decided to do was use their child to lure other children from the street in order to have a play date. When the victim was inside their home, Abud and Kajawa would bludgeon them to death with a heavy rock. They would then skin, dismember, and cook the poor child's remains and sup on. The skulls would then be discarded in a well that was in their backyard. Okay. Just it's so upset and disturbing on so many levels, but my logical brain is going to work here over my emotional brain here. (laughs) You're trying to put things together. I don't think that this is a well, it's not a good plan, but it's really not a good plan because like wouldn't the parents catch on really quickly that, hey, my kid went to this kid's house for a play date and never came home. Well, my kid did that, too. I wonder what happened. Like, no. Okay. Yes. That's exactly what I think. But let me, let me go into this next statement because it's crazy. Their plan worked. They ended up doing this for about several months. Oh my God. Sometimes children belong to the same family (gasps) because though of the famine, the public didn't even seem to notice the ongoing disappearances of the children. And even the authorities ignored them. Because they were like, okay, when hungry mouth to feed, it's okay. Isn't that oh, sad? Oh, my gosh. What's even more insane is they ended up opening a small restaurant. <gasps> it's Sweeney Todd. Where they sold oh. some of their victims' meat, presenting it as kolia, uh, which is mutton with spices. And no one asked where they were getting the meat during this time. Why? Like, that's what got me. I was like, okay, yeah, children are missing. No one's asking. But they're selling meat and there's a famine. So where are they getting this meat? No one asked. Don't ask. Don't tell. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. But the restaurant did get them in trouble. As a customer purchased some kolia from the couple, started eating it, and then noticed he was chewing on a solid bone. (gasps) This customer happened to be a butcher himself. And when he pulled the bone out of his mouth, he recognized it to be part of a small child's finger. Oh, no. He quickly alerted authorities. They then visited Abud and Kajawa's home and were able to inspect it. They found the well and lo and behold found approximately 100 skulls oh my god from children oh my god after taken to the police station kajawa confessed to their crimes 
These were then reprinted in contemporary newspapers and magazines, shocking the public. Their trial was extremely short, and both Abud and Kajawa were sentenced to death. The two were brought to makeshift gallows in their town square upon two donkeys, and it is said that bystanders cursed, spit, and assaulted the couple. One mother of three that were slaughtered by the couple allegedly bit off one of Kajawa's toes. Ew. Kajawa apologized profusely while Abud remained remorseless and cursed at the crowd. He kept yelling that due to the government's poor handling of the famine made them resort to cannibalism. They were hung in front of a large crowd. (sighs) (laughs) The end. (laughs) It's like a, it's, it's a, it's Hansel and Gretel. Isn't that scary? Like, you got people eating, cooking kids, you know? So I had to throw that one in there. But that's the end of episode one. Story time. Did you guys survive it? (laughs) I'm like barely hanging on. All right, let me do the plug so we can move on. If you know any other stories, no, I don't want. I don't want to know any more stories. We don't need any more. We don't need any more stories. But um, we do want to hear from you. So if you want to talk to us, please email us at theominousstitch at gmail dot com. We want to know your story stories. It is spooky season, so uh, give us your ghost stories, and we can do a listener ghost story spooky season. It'll be so fun. Yes, it would. Okay, so um, you can also reach out to us on anything on our social medias, and if you want to see show notes and pictures, you can hop over to podbean.com and look up the Ominous Stitch podcast and see any show notes that from this episode or any previous episodes that you may want to revisit, and you just may want to see what else we were talking about other than eating people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Once you're on podbean.com, there's also a little button you can click in the upper right hand corner. If you're on a computer, if you're on your phone, there's a little like red button that you can click. Hey, good job. Yeah, I I discovered that because I usually do it on my computer. Right, me too. So if you're on your phone, there's a little red button you can click that allows you to become a patron. We love our patrons. Hey. We send you stuff. It's another way for us to connect with you. We send you stuff. We give you shout outs. We talk to you. We talk to you. We have special patron content, patron episodes, and it allows us to continue to make these for you guys um, because without you, we can't do this. Yes. So we love our patrons. We love our listeners. We love our stitchers. Thank you for joining us today and getting through this with us. We do have one more thing to talk about. Which is way better. Way better. It's movie time. This episode's movie review is The Silence of the Lambs. Released in 1991, IMDb rating of 8.6 stars in synopsis. A young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. I love this movie. (laughs) Okay, I have a lot of things to say about this movie. Okay. Mainly about our main character, the lovely and wonderful and amazingly talented Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Okay, go. Okay. So back in a past life of mine, I worked at a pet store in Malibu. Okay. Okay. 
And in that pet store, we, you know, sold designer dogs to the stars and designer cats to the stars. If any of you know, Mr. Hopkins is, or Sir Hopkins, he is a cat lover. Oh, In particularly Bengal cats. He loves Bengal cats. Pretty. I love Bengal cats. Nice. So I was working in this pet store. This is early 2000s, like literally 2000. Okay. 2000. 2000s. So, you know... This movie had been out for a while, probably about uh, close to 10 years. It was 91, right? Yep. So everybody knew him from The Silence of the Lambs. They knew him from Hannibal. You know him as Hannibal Lecter, right? Yes. And I definitely saw this movie when it came out. A lot of it was over my head because when I rewatched it just recently, I was like, oh, that's why it's called Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. I just like knew that he ate people. And um, anyway, so I was working at this pet store and there was this beautiful Bengal cat that I fell in love with. I, he, I loved him. I was in love with him. I would hold him all day long and I just wanted this cat. But being a designer cat in Malibu, they're not cheap, right? And I was working at the pet store. So I'm like, I can't Can't buy this cat. I was putting myself through grad school at the time. I'm like, I can't, I'm a grad student. I can't (laughs) spend money on anything. Right. And Mr. Hopkins comes into the store. He's lovely, wonderful, sweet, kind, caring man. But I can't see anything other than Dr. Lecter. Nobody can. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. And he fell in love with this cat. Oh, good. No, my heart was breaking because I'm like, he's going to eat the cat. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought he was going to eat the cat. No. But, you know. It was fine. He obviously did not eat the cat, but he, so he, (laughs) obviously he bought the cat along with another one that happened to be the sister of that cat. Yeah. And he was having remodeling done at his house. So he asked us to board the cats um, while the remodeling was happening. So we did. Okay. And every day I go in and my heart would break because I think he's going to eat this cat that I'm in love with. Yeah. Because, you know. And dumb brain. That's where my brain is going. And then one day he called and um, he had changed his mind about the animals because the construction was going to be going on much longer than he was anticipating. And he's like, I want them to go find a home instead of staying boarded there. And he will come back and purchase a cat when when he's ready. And so the cat that I was in love with went back up for sale. And I looked at my boss. I was like, I have to have this cat. Because I'd been torturing myself for six weeks thinking that he's, he's going to take gonna and eat it. it. Oh, my gosh. And so anyway, long story short, I wound up buying Aww. the cat. Did you get a discount? Yeah, I got a discount. Oh, His name was Cole House. Oh, he was my best friend. Aww. Oh, I'm going to cry. He was my best friend for, for 15 years before he um, had kidney Aww, issues and we had to put kidney. him down. I'm sorry. And um, his little collar is up there in that corner in Aww. that little box. His little ashes are up there. And he's still, you know, my best friend. He's a, He was a wonderful cat and I loved him very much. That's so sweet. And so anyway, that's my Anthony Hopkins story. Anthony Hopkins, my connection oh, with, with Sir Anthony Hopkins. And he was lovely and he loves cats. And if you watch his um, TikToks or his Instagram account, he's often playing the piano with a cat that looks almost exactly like my cat Cole House. Aww. And, you know, he he's wonderful, a wonderful man. That's so sweet. But in my brain, I'm like, he's going to eat my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So y- you're not alone because... I was going to tell you a fun, a fun, few fun facts about Silence of the Lambs. Okay. But 
so after the the film was uh you know released and everything at that time he was dating martha stewart oh really uh-huh. <laughs> and after she watched that movie uh-huh she couldn't see him the same way oh, either no. and they broke up because oh. she saw him as hannibal lecter he's such a good actor that's how good of an actor he was okay so some fun facts so it's it's an old movie i'm sure you've all seen it yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it's amazing if you haven't it's on it's on max it's go on watch max. it it's yeah. free so a couple fun more things about this so one i didn't know this he was Anthony Hopkins was only in the in the film for 17 minutes. Did you know that? Wow. 17 minutes total. He won best actor. Yeah. And there and that year was what was it? 1991. 90, 92 would have been 1992 yeah. Oscars. They won five Oscars. Gosh. Five. Jodie Foster got best yeah. actress. Anthony Hopkins got best actor. I think it was like best director, best film and something else. I forgot, but it was such an incredible movie. Oscars. It, it was, it was a game changer yes. at the time. It was so, it, it was, was such an so incredible psychological good. movie. Yeah. yeah. The acting, like mm-hmm. everything, everything, all the details of this movie was amazing. Um, but fun fact, yeah. do you know who they were originally going for as Hannibal Lecter? Who? Sean Connery. <laughs> it would have been so bad. It would have been worse. No, <laughs> right. they came, I approached him, and he said that the whole thing was revolting. Well, yeah, because it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it is. he was like, no, I'm not going to do he it. He wouldn't have done a good job. No, I, not as good be, as ever. He's it, too charming. Well, no, I mean, no, no, no. Hannibal Lecter is charming. Yes. No, That's but, the whole thing. Right. But like, he would have been, he couldn't turn it that wonderful because so the whole thing with Lecter is that you get drawn in Mm -hmm. and you think he's going to be this sweet like gentle man yeah (laughs) and he's not and he's not (laughs) and it's like oh that's that's the pure genius evil of of that character spooky and Anthony Hopkins did so good because he has like such a a kind uh, and he's really a kind man <laughs> in, like, in general. Yeah, <laughs> he was really, really sweet. But like, oh, you know that he can have that twist to him, right? Now, like, and it's oh man, it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then you might all know this already, but um, the characters. Well, so this was actually based on a novel. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. And um, the novel goes into Buffalo Bill's character more which mm-hmm. I think needed that a little bit more too, because it is a little more superficial in the movie compared to the book. But apparently the reason why he was making his skin suit mm-hmm. was because he wanted to be his mother. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. so this is a little Norman Batesy thing going on there. Exactly. So he was trying to be his mom. But yeah, because in the movie, they make it like he thinks that he is trans. transitioning to yeah. a woman. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was it was a homage to his mother, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you might know, so this character, Buffalo Bill character was based on a few real life serial killers, right? Mm. So, uh, Ed, Ga- Ed Gain, who was, who'd skin his victims and make them into lampshades. Ooh, so, no, ooh, ooh, no. So there's the skinning ooh. part. <laughs> uh, Gary Heidnick, who would, um, he would trap his, his victims into his basement right uh-huh. and then ted bundy because he mm. would you know he made a cast right just like buffalo bill and he'd lure 
uh, women to think he was handicapped or he couldn't do things. He wasn't able. Right. right. And uh-huh. then get, and then put them in his car. So yeah. There, yeah. Those are three inspirations of, yeah. of Buffalo Bill. Uh, uh. Creepy. Um, oh, and one more I wanted. There's a bunch. You can go online and find these. These are so fun. But my last one I want to talk about was um, so Hopkins had a friend in London mm-hmm. who would freak people out because he wouldn't blink much. Right. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> like blink. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And reptiles also, I didn't know this. They don't blink involuntarily. They blink because they they want to. Uh-huh. They can control it. They have to. They don't, you know. Uh-huh. So he was like, I'm going to put that into my character Hannibal. So if you watch the movie again. He doesn't blink. He barely blinks. It's freaky. And I was oh. like, oh, you're right. Just kind of stares at you. Now I'm like thinking about my blinking. So <laughs> I'm like, blink, blink more, <laughs> blink. <laughs> but yeah. So but I love this movie. It's good. It's really good. Jodie Foster, man. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's really good. She's really good. They were, they were such a good dynamic pair and all the acting and it's serious and like, but just all the, pulls you in. Yeah. And it's interesting. This movie has some of it, but it's much more present in Hannibal, the sequel, which <laughs> spoiler alert, that may be the next movie that we talk about, but, um, just the misogyny too of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, she's just trampled so, on. Every, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, oh. It reminds me of Captain Marvel in a way of like, you know, you can't, girls can't do this. Girls can't be in that. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. You just get up and keep going. You just yeah. keep doing it. Good wow. for her. Yeah. But that's what I love about that. So Darling's a badass. She is. Yes. She took down a serial killer. Yeah, she did. All by herself because nobody herself. wanted to listen to her. And no, Yeah. No one listened to her. Like, she did all you her did so stuff. good. Little good girl. Yeah. Let them in. Take yeah, care we, of it we've now. We've got it now. No, you don't. Nope. So uh, how many stitches would you give it? I it's, you know, it's a nine. It's good. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so good. For it's, 1991. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was such a huge movie right? when it came out and it's still a huge movie. People still like I talk about it. it and, yeah. And it's still like the characters are still incredibly impactful. The storytelling's really good. There are some just beautiful moments and really scary moments and moments that just stick with you because the way it's written and the psychology of it, it just sticks with you. So yeah, it's a good movie. So you give it nine? Yeah. I give it nine too. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, we're on board again. (laughs) It's a great movie. I just, if you've never seen it, please go see. I'm sure you have, but yeah, it's worth a rewatch, especially that we're in spooky season October babies. And by this time, I will be posting my movies. Yes, you will. Because we record this a little earlier. Sorry. But you'll see what I've been watching. So Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it. We've reached the end of another amazing episode, guys. So thank you for sticking it out with us. (laughs) And until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Uh